Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Hi, everybody. Thank you for being here. Welcome to everyone, especially Lisa and uh, anybody else who's new or feels new. Um, I'm grateful to have been asked to share and I will qualify for a few minutes and then uh, focus on the on the tools. I am a very grateful longish term member of OA. I've been here more than 35 years. And um, I think it, it was important to me to hear when I was new be because one of the reasons I came was, was because of weight and struggles with weight. And so my top weight was about 50 or 60 pounds more than I weigh now. And um, I've been maintaining a normal body weight for most of that 35 years that I've been here. I lost weight early on and with the support of sponsors and fellow members and uh, the use of the tools, which I will talk about and um, something that I had never been able to access before because I had been on a diet since I was 11 and had been overweight since I was about eight years old and had gained and lost weight um, consistently from about age 13 to my early 40s when I came into the program. So I was a yo-yo dieter and a pretty much a daily dieter. And um, I was sometimes considerably overweight and sometimes just a little overweight, but I was very conscious of how much I was eating, what I was eating. I counted calories all day long and obsessed about myself, about my appearance, about food, and uh, was, a, was a volume eater and a grazer and pretty much ate if I was awake. And um, what else to, to qualify? It was important to me to hear things that um, I could identify with when I was new. And if you're new, if you're listening or, or uh, to the podcast, or if you're new on this, on this meeting, um, if you don't hear something you identify with and what I say, Hopefully you, I, I have no doubt that you will in the rest of the meeting and, and in the other shares. Um, what it was like, I'll, I'll say that all that obsession, that, that self-obsession and that constant looking for food and, and putting food in my mouth. And I'm gesturing with both my hands because I put food in my mouth very quickly with both hands, sometimes barely chewing and sometimes choking because I, I didn't 
chew and sometimes burning my mouth because what I was eating was right out of a boiling pot or something. And, and it brings tears to my eyes to think about the way I treated my, I mistreated myself around food and around my, my body. Um, and it was a survival technique. A lot of us have trauma histories and we did what we could to get through and to get by and to, to live and survive. But what passed for sort of self-soothing became self-abuse and, um, and damaging and to our health and to our mental health and our relationships. At, at least that certainly was true for me. Uh, when I got here, I was very afraid of people and uh, mistrustful. And right now I have a very dry mouth because I'm sort of anxious. I still get anxious uh, seeing a lot of faces looking at me. And like I said, I've been here a very long time. And I know this story. I've told it lots of times. Several of you have heard it lots of times. Um, but it also means that it's important to me that so much has changed in my life as a result of being in this program. And I want, <clears throat> pardon me, I want to be able to share it in some sort of coherent, thank you, in some sort of coherent way. And that's the thing about trauma is our brain sort of goes offline or, or mine does. I forget, I get amnesia or I sort of go blank. And to be able to come back to myself, come into the present moment, come back to my breath is something that I learned to do here. So I'm going to take a little pause and you guys can take a little breath while I take a little sip of water. So I, as I said, I was pretty... Um, suspicious and um, and wary. So uh, so the some of the tools were very challenging for me. The one that comes first to mind is, is the telephone. Because back in the day, we were encouraged to make three telephone calls a day. And um, that was incredibly daunting to me. And I remember getting some of those calls and and being surprised that people actually did it, just called up a complete stranger uh, whose name and phone number they'd taken down and and made a call and sometimes said something about their food and sometimes said asked me how I was doing or said something that was going on in their life. I, it um, it's interesting now. Um, how I relate to the telephone, especially in COVID, because um, a lot of my life goes on in Zoom or on the phone or on FaceTime or whatever. And I have a very, very re different relationship with, with the telephone all these years later. And I have a very, very different relationship with food. Uh, one of the, again, one of the things that comes immediately to mind is that I like 
eating and I enjoy my food. And before I got here, there was a lot of guilt and shame and conflict about eating. Um, there might have been some pleasure. I'm sure there was some momentary pleasure, but as far as like satisfaction and savoring something and enjoying the, the color and the flavor and the, and the, the fragrance or whatever, that came from being able to be conscious and present with it and to have, have some of the guilt and shame and conflict relieved. Um, I do have a food plan. My, my food plan in the beginning was, was a, 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 a plan that I could lose weight on. I was given it by a sponsor. She had gotten it from a doctor. Uh, and uh, you know there was a certain amount of protein and a certain amount of carbohydrate and a certain amount of oil. And if anybody, I'll put my name in the chat if anybody wants to talk to me about food plans or anything else, uh, feel free to call or text or whatever. Um, before I got here, the concept of eating three meals a day was, I mean, it was there, I mean, it was sort of, a thing that people ate three meals a day, but I didn't. I I ate from the time I woke up until the time I went to sleep. If you know, I had work, I had school, I had life, I had a family. But if it was possible to eat, I I would eat, and a lot of that was driven by anxiety. That's what I did when I was upset, when I was anxious, when I was angry. I didn't know I was angry because I was stuffing it down because I was afraid of my feelings. But, um, but, the, but the fact that now I have a food plan that I stick to and it's, and it's fairly loose. Um, I mean, not loosey goosey loose, but uh, there's there's flexibility in it. I'm comfortable with it. I've lived with it for a long, long time and managed to, to maintain my weight. Although, you know, I don't do it. I get help doing everything that I say that I do. I get help. Thanks. That's another five. Thanks. Um, even having the nerve to pick up the phone or to, um, or to speak. At a, at a meeting, um, but um, nowadays I eat three meals a day and I abstain from sugar, uh, foods that have a high sugar content is one of the major ingredients. I stay away from that kind of stuff, again, with help and support. And um, so I, I think I'll say something next about meetings and then about, um, about sponsorship. So meetings were, have been very important to me from the very beginning. Somebody I knew took me to my first meeting. It was in a church basement. It was sort of depressing. Um, but I heard things at that meeting that um, again, that I identified with and that gave me some hope 
of change. And um, the first speaker that I heard, and this was in California. I remember, I, I've told this story this way many times. And, and somebody, the woman who cut my hair actually told me about OA and took me to my first meeting. But actually my sister took me to my first meeting probably a decade or more previously. She was in another 12-step program and knew about my eating issues and knew about OA and took me to a meeting. But um, I don't remember anything that happened there because It just has disappeared. But when I came and stayed was in California and uh, the, the speaker had lost 50 pounds and kept it off for a long time. And that got my attention. And there was a man in the meeting that said that he was a mathematician. And I don't, I think it, he was talking about um, believing in God or believing in a higher power. And he, and the reason he brought it up was it like, sort of like, you know, I'm a mathematician. I believe in numbers and things adding up or whatever. And this, I, this I don't understand, but I'm here anyway. And there was something about that because I had a science background myself. It's like, oh, these people are like me. And um, I could sort of balance what he was saying was comforting to me because I had grown up in a, in a culture that was somewhat fundamentalist and rigid and to my mind, hypocritical and, and oppressive. And I didn't want that. And it worried me and it bothered me and was off-putting to me. So the fact that that guy said that was, was helpful. Um, so, so there were things about the meeting that I liked. There were things about the meeting that I didn't like. But I, I came back and I went to a lot of meetings because it was recommended. And I was a, even though I was very <laughs> rebellious, Okay. certain ways and and could have gotten into big trouble with a lot of stuff I was doing because um, not all of it was legal but um, but I also was a sort of a good girl and a perfectionist and I wanted to do what I was what was suggested I do and I did it and I went to a lot of meetings and I got a sponsor pretty early on um, I, I heard you were supposed to get a sponsor. And so I said, it, I think maybe in my second meeting, is anybody willing to sponsor me? I said it you know, to the meeting as a whole, rather than going up to somebody individually. And somebody came up to me and she didn't offer to sponsor me, but she, uh, she praised me for having asked. And that was enough. I think if I had just thrown that out there in front of everybody and nobody related to it, I might not have come back. But that amount of encouragement, oh, good for you, you asked, made it possible for me. Five to minutes remain. 
So there are five minutes left. Oh gosh, there's so much that I'd like to say. And um, well, I guess I said I was gonna talk about sponsorship and I'll spend some of the rest of the time talking about that, maybe another tool if I can squeeze it in. Um, that woman didn't sponsor me, but somebody else did early on. Um, she had lost some weight, but was still significantly overweight. Um, that was reassuring to me. I was kind of um, put off by skinny people. Excuse me if any of you identify as a skinny person. I didn't trust people that didn't look like me or that didn't seem to have the struggles that I had. And um, she sponsored me for the first three steps um, or maybe the first four up to the level of her experience. And uh, I'll never forget her and I'm, I'm eternally grateful to her and everybody else I've ever worked with. Um, I'm not perfect. None of them were perfect. We help each other. And um, I guess that sort of brings me to, to service, which is step 12, but um, maybe I'm trying to think, is that one of the tools? But anyway, uh, it's, it's been important to me to feel part of the group and to feel useful. And it's very important to me to have the connections that I've developed over time with the people who sponsored me, the people whom I sponsor, the people who take my phone calls and make phone calls to me and are in my email group. I have a, an email group that uh, some of you are in and we send each other our food and we send each other our struggles and what we're turning over to the care of the universe or a higher power or God, whatever we call it. And uh, the things we were struggling with that we know we can't control. And, um, and, then, we, and then we make a list of gratitudes. And when I got here, I was not grateful. I was, I didn't know it at the time, but I was, um, I had a lot of self-pity and, and a lot of resentment. I didn't know I had those either. Uh, I just thought I'd been dealt a kind of a bad hand in life. And now I know that I am incredibly fortunate. And one of the most fortunate things that has ever happened to me is that I got into these rooms and into this program and my health at 77, I'm sure is, I don't know how many orders of magnitude better. I don't have good heredity for, for cholesterol and sh blood sugar and all that stuff. And, you know, the stuff we eat that we thought we were comforting ourselves with is really bad for our metabolism and our long-term long health. And I'm so glad a day at a time that I've been able to refrain from, from 
from the kind of eating that is harmful to me emotionally because it, it just numbs me and makes me feel more alienated from myself and others and is harmful to my mental health and my spiritual well-being. I didn't have much of a spiritual life when I got here. I had, like I said, I'd been raised in a religion that, um, so when I was really, really, really afraid, I would pray like, get me out of this, <laughs> but uh, out of desperation very rarely. And this, mor this morning and, and most mornings, I wake up with a thank you in my heart and in my mind that I wake up with gratitude and acceptance at that I made the mistakes I made because I didn't have any other way to cope. But here I've learned other things to do other, other than compulsively eat or obsess. And that's my time. So thanks for listening. And I'm really looking forward to what you all have to say.